it strikes me if you look at our Wikipedia page, we are a downwardly mobile <laughs> family. And because uh, it starts off with there's some dukes in there somewhere, and then and now I'm a comedian. This week on Walking the Dog, I went out for a stroll with the fabulous Al Murray. He's a comic, a history buff, and a descendant of William Makepeace Thackeray. And he's also the most famous pub landlord in the country. Al grew up with Labradors, so I got him to try out the joys of the smaller dog with my tiny Shih Tzu Raymond. I had such a lovely time with Al. He's quite a thoughtful and gentle guy when he's out of that maroon blazer. We wandered around the grounds of Chiswick House and Al told me about boarding school and how he thinks it affected him in later life, why he likes playing a character as a comic and also why he's absolutely terrified of confrontation. You can catch Al's 2019 UK tour, which is called Landlord of Hope and Glory, from May onwards. Tickets are available, by the way, at thepublandlord.com. And also, Al's a drummer in a band. I know, there's no end to his talents. It's called Fat Cops and they're brilliant, so have a listen. You can check them out on their website, which is fatcops.co.uk if you want to order a copy. Enough of me, here's Al. We're going to get loads of planes. Come on, Ray. Now, do you want me to take Ray? Oh, I'll stop. No, I'm happy to. Are you to. happy yeah, to take yeah, him? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm got... going to introduce the podcast officially. Yeah. This is Walking the Dog. I'm Emily Dean, and I'm so thrilled to be <laughs> with Al Murray, who's got a very long name. I'm going to try and go for it. Your oh, really? Name. Oh, good luck. Is it Alistair? Yes. James? Yes. Hey? Yes. Murray? That's right, yeah. And the Hay is because um, a few generations ago, I think we were called Hay, the family was called Hay Murray, like a double barrel thing, and then it got sort of digested, and only the, only the eldest sons have Hay in their, in their right? names. Yeah. Although if I had a son, we were, I, I wouldn't have bothered. We'll also introduce my dog, mm. called Raymond. What do you make of him so far? He's a Shih Tzu. He's very small, isn't he? Well, he's tiny, and, um, you know... Um, I have some pretty unreconstructed ideas about dogs <laughs> and how big they ought to be and how dainty. And he's kind of running against some of those ideas right now, but you know. I think if any small dog can change your mind, he'll be the one. Well, my, yeah, my kids, my kids at their mum's house have a, have a, have a, a Jack Awawa, you know, like a Jack Russell Chihuahua oh, cross. Oh, really, Al? Yeah, that I, that, that I call Tiny Dog, because she <laughs> she's, she's that kind of size, but not... Um, not as her suit. Yes. Not as hairy. Mine's got, I always say he looks like a sort of one night stand between a Wookiee and a <laughs> Ewok. Yes, I think that, that's about, the, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't yeah, it? He's very, very keeping up, isn't he? That's the main thing. He's good. We can take him off the lead soon now. Dogs yeah, he, or short leads only, it says on yeah, his Yeah, 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 yes. But people are pretty... Um, There's quite a lot of rules and regs. Yeah, pe- people are pretty funny about the rules around here. So it's Chiswick House, Al. You've taken yeah. me here for our dog day. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, Chiswick Park. And um, this is a trivia fact where the Beatles did their last ever photo session. They came here to do it, apparently. But it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of, um, it's a stately home. I think it must be Regency. I, can't, I can never it's remember. It's Palladian architecture, I or think. Or Georgian, yeah. Yeah. You see, I immediately deferred to you on anything historical. Oh, no, but I don't know anything about that sort of thing. Do you not? No, 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 no. You know about planes and war. Planes and... Yeah, (laughs) no, I know some political history as well, but... Yeah, planes and war, that's me. Tanks. We're short on on all of those here. I want to go back to when Mm. you were younger. Yes. And you grew up in... Was it Buckinghamshire, Al? Yeah. And did you, did you have any pets growing up? Yeah, my, my parents, until recently, have always had dogs. Really? Um, and always uh, Labradors. Uh, and, I mean, you know, my family, <laughs> my family given it has, has conformed to type quite a deal, great deal. Black Labradors. What do you da- mean by conformed to type? Well, you know, my family is sort of a bit posh. Oh, here he goes. Have you got any poo bags? Do you want to talk us through what's happening, Al? Yes, Raymond is deciding to um, <laughs> make his mark on Chiswick Park. Oh, no. Oh, no. Have you not got any I poo found... bags? I've got a poo I've bag. Got Thank God for that. Look how tiny his poos are, Al. Well, they, 
Well, if they were enormous, you'd, <laughs> you'd think either he was, you were overfeeding him or there was something really, really <laughs> wrong with him. Well, I did say <laughs> once on this podcast that I was so shocked when I took... I saw a Newfoundland's poo, and I said, well, that is basically like Greg Davis has gone to the toilet. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's not having a dog. That's like taking a man round yeah. with you. And yes, I'm well, not... those are, that's a very tidy little um, turd, isn't it? That's Lovely. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so we had, yeah, we, we're kind of a bit posh. So d- black Labrador called Spike, and then, a, and then a golden one. She was called Bella. Was it a bit like the one at the end of Downton Abbey credits that shakes its bum? I imagine that. Yes, oh, they all look, but the, yeah. yeah. And the, uh, yes, and then there was Spike, then there was Lottie, then there was Bella, and then um, my parents looked after my dog when I got divorced. They looked after Molly, who was a spaniel, blue round cocker spaniel, yeah. who was who was a nice, thick, it, dog. She was and really lovely. And did you get that with your really kids, stupid. with the girl, yeah, with yeah, your yeah. two girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, is Molly still around then? Is no, Molly... Molly's no longer with us. She did the thing because she was thoroughbred. You know, like pedigree dog. And yeah. She did the thing they do, which they're 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 beautiful and fantastic until they're nine, and then it's, then they suddenly get cancer ever, and their hearts implode, and it's all really depressing. I know. Poor thing. I used to take her on tour with me. Did um, you? Yeah, a few times, and she escaped from uh, my dressing room and ran across the stage at Barry St Edmunds Theatre. That's a bit like you know when the dog gets loose in the school playground and everyone gets really mm. excited. It's like dog yeah, on the stage. A lot like that. Right now we sort of it's not a maze this, but we've options here. We can turn hard right, not so hard right, carry on straight on and go left. Well, I think as I'm with the pub landlord, let's go hard right. Yeah, I think why not? <laughs> <laughs> and towards some sort of imperial architecture as well. <laughs> right up his street. Your mum and dad, did yeah. they both work out? My dad worked at British Rail in the, in back when it was British Rail. His whole career, because I think he wanted to be a civil servant, servant, and I don't think he'd done well enough at uni, so he went to work at the railway. And he was there until right, you know, right up right up to the end of British Rail, for the privatisation. And then my mum worked at Citizens Advice Bureau, volunteered, and then ended up on the national board and all that sort of thing, and sort of you know, help, helping people out with their with their problems. You see, it's interesting when you say that, because I think most people, and, and I'm afraid it's going to have to come up, the, the literary giant yeah. in the room, yeah. I'm going to have to mention it, is you, is it William Makepeace Thackeray, yes, who wrote right. Vanity Fair? Amongst is it Thackeray, other, you Tha- say? Well, Thackeray, yeah, Thackeray. you can say it any way you want, but yeah. We he, say Thackeray, but... Well, I think I'm going to go by you. Right, OK. <laughs> he is your ancestor, isn't he? Yes, three greats-grandfather on my mum's side, so... He had two daughters, and then they had children, and my, so my great-aunt, so my mum's aunt, uh, her grandmother was Thackeray's daughter, so she, would, she had stories of Thackeray wow. that had come from her grandmother. Yeah, 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 which is sort of, it's sort of, um, to me, it's, it, 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 it's not amazing, it's just like, it's just a thing. I know. But it, from another point of view, I can see that it is, it is incredible to some people. What do you think when you have something like that in your history, I think you make a choice with that. You either say, this is going to be part of my identity. Yes. You know, I don't mean, we all know people who've got yes. famous, come from famous dynasties and yeah. it's very much part of, you know, yeah. hello, can I have, um, you know, a bag of chips? And yeah. by the way, my grandfather yeah. was. I've never seen it like that with you. I've yeah. always got the sense no. that you're like, oh, this is a funny little thing to well, talk my about. Well, great, my great aunt very much was like that and very much regarded herself as a sort of keeper of an internal flame and all this <laughs> sort of thing and wouldn't hear a word against him. Um, I mean, <laughs> I like that she wouldn't hear a word Oh, seriously. Him. Well, because the thing is, is, is he, had, he, had, he had a very interesting, odd life for, for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. And um, his big conflict in his life is he wanted to write, he wanted to be the, a, you know, a brilliantly successful novelist and satirist, but he also wanted to be a respectable gentleman. So he had the, the real tension between wanting to write about the world as it really was and, and scandalise people by doing that, yeah. and also be regarded as a respectable uh, chap and uh, the impossible to reconcile. I mean, in a lot of ways, like being a, a modern comic, you know, because you're, you're expected to be you're expected to be rude. You're supposed to be flicking V's at the world. So it's kind of like that, and then want, and then then actually wanting to, you know, I don't know, go to church on Sunday, and it. it he, he had that problem in his life. Yeah. So my great aunt would always err on the side of the respectable gent. And he may not have been, because he had a very unhappy marriage because his wife was really ill. Right. And he may well have... His funeral is the, is the big sort of... Um, there was a big crowd there of, of 
Soho people is the way you'd probably describe it because he was a clubbable gent and yeah and all that and probably had 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 all sorts of relationships with people he maybe shouldn't have done and yeah. so there was a big crowd there anyway and then everyone leaves and then Dickens is the last person there and, and then Dickens leaves but the thing is is they were probably what you'd call disreputable or what Victorians would call disreputable women present present right. oh, and, my, I see. and my great aunt just couldn't she couldn't afford him that space in her sort of picture of him. Yes. Whereas I, I, I don't care. You know, it makes him. I think it makes him really interesting. It makes him more human to know more about him. But yeah. But I've only. I haven't read everything he's written. I've read some of it. And you've got his inkwell. <laughs> I've got his ink. I've got his Mr. Punch inkwell because he left. He, he he worked. Made his reputation at Punch, and then when he left Punch, they gave him this inkwell that's a, that is you know it's Mr. Punch, and the idea is you lift his cap back and dip your quill in the ink in his cap, oh. although it's. It's soldered shut now. And my mum has lots of his stuff. You've said before, I've heard you say, look, people call me posh because yeah. there's bishops and ambassadors in your yeah, family yeah, yeah. and, you know, all sorts of interesting things. There's something, yeah. when you look up your it says it refers to the Holy Roman Empire and not yeah, yeah. many people can claim yeah, that. Yeah. So people often say that, and I know you often say, and you've said to me, oh, look, there's posh and there's posh, and I'm yeah. not eating posh. We're just, you're, you're from this impressive... Kind of lineage but yeah. it, it really your parents were just quite regular people yes they, I, I mean i think the thing is i've often wondered about this because on you on my wikipedia page there's loads of things i didn't know and you have people coming to me on twitter going well you're this that and the other i'm thinking well i did i had no idea this is interesting so that in itself is quite interesting but it, it strikes me if you look at our wikipedia page we are a downwardly mobile <laughs> family and uh, <laughs> Because it starts off with there's some dukes in there somewhere, and then and now I'm a comedian. So you could argue that in fact, you know, I'm I'm doing what I ought to do and deposhing myself. And well, you're sort of going back to your roots because, well, as you say, that's what your great 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 well, yeah, grandfather's yeah, yeah, doing yeah, 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 was sort of yeah. satire, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it entirely was exactly what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you've taken bit, on the family job. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bit in that Ian Jury film that um, Andy Circus made ages ago where they're having. His son's at private school, and he's, and he's going, my mates are all saying I'm posh because I've gone to this school. And, and the injury system, son, we're not posh, we're arts and crafts. And that is, a, that is the thing that really appeals to me, the idea that there's a, you know, you're right, if you're in the arts, you're arts and crafts, it doesn't matter where you, you came from, you've picked that class for yourself, and you're now part of that, and so you've got different sets of concerns yes. and all that sort of thing. We've got some... Oh, lovely. Hello. Lovely. Some what kind co- of dog is that? That Labradoodle, maybe? Yes. Yeah, it's beautiful. Lovely. Ah. Look at Ray. What do you think, Hello, Ray? Hello, darling. See, this is the thing, because he's so small, and I think they think he's like a rabbit, really. Yes, the arts and crafts thing. I remember we worked together once yes. on Frank Skinner's show, and you were taking on the reins while Frank wasn't there. You were hosting the show. Yeah. And you mentioned that to me. You said the arts and crafts thing, which I really liked. And I, remember, I think I told you that my... Mother used to say, I'd say, what class are we? Because my mm. parents were sort of actors in the media yeah. and stuff. And my mum would say, we're classless, darling. Yeah. And I told the boyfriend that, and he said, I think the darling is rather a giveaway <laughs> there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah <laughs> but I mean, the arts and crafts I like, because it's not one thing or the other, really, is it? Yeah, it's just... yeah. And it says you may be from one part of the world, but you've, you've picked a different one. And I, uh, Anyway. And I mean, you it... had two sisters, didn't you? So yeah, sort an, of... yeah, an elder sister and a younger sister. We'll go that way. And did you get on with them, Al? Well, I went to boarding school, so um, I did get on with them, but I didn't see much of them. So I went when I was nine until I was 18. How was that? I would have been quite... Well, well, it came about where it was. It was really... It's funny, because, you know, it's it's happened now, but you look back and you think, how would I be different if I had not done that? And what do you think about that? Well, I don't know. It's sort of... I mean, that's almost a... It's a a counterfactual you can't consider, but I am... I went because my, my grandfather died outside Dunkirk in 1940 and had left some money in trust and, and it was decided by the family that it'd be spent on... If, he had, if my mum had a son, it would be spent on the, the grandson's yeah. schooling. And, not, and, not any, not, and there was only enough money to send one of us. <laughs> so I went, which I think... I now look back and you think, well, crap. Do you? Yeah, I really do. I do you know... The, the bald sexism of it and the, yeah. uh, and you know and maybe maybe one of my siblings one of my sisters 
might have benefited more from it or maybe you, you know what I mean you just don't know but then on the other hand you had to go away from your family yeah so it's yeah quite yeah, a high yeah. Tax to yeah. Pay. yeah and it did look at one point it looked like dad was going to be working abroad quite a lot so I think that was the that was sort of part of the reasoning as well but is that you had consistent education yeah because your dad did move to Venezuela you yeah well, yes we worked in Venezuela he worked in Venezuela for a bit um, and we went out for three months in I think 1976 what bird is that Al that's a heron isn't it oh is it that's about the extent of my bird spotting. Those are, <laughs> that was handy. Those are definitely pigeons. <laughs> I'm less impressed by that. <laughs> that's a squirrel. Yeah, I that's a that. squirrel, yeah. So being at boarding school, you were saying, sorry, did that feel... How did you feel? Was oh, that... I was not happy about it when I first went. Really? And, and um, it's funny, because um, the thing you realise... When you're in the middle of it, you don't realise it's happening, but the thing you realise about boarding school, sort of when you get a bit of a distance on it, is it's a ruthless, relentless pecking order thing going on the whole time you know and, every, and you're doing it you don't even know you're doing it everyone's jostling for position it's a, an all you know it was an all-male environment at, at the you know the, the level of banter is just sort of um to use a like a more modern way of looking at it like absolutely diabolical and um was it yeah it's a ruthless a ruthless environment you know i i went there thinking it might be fun and then you realize that actually it's a sort of bear pit mm. and and it was a very sporty school, and I'm not sporty, and you, that's very hard to fit in with if you're not. Yes, yeah, so it seems because it's called Bedford School, isn't it? And I know yeah. it's very sort of people, it's got a sort of military tradition and a sporting tradition. I yeah. think there's loads of... Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I mean, Paddy Ashdown went there long, long before oh. me, obviously. And then Alistair Cook. The cricketer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's the famous story about him coming on, you know, he was when he was 13. They knew he was. They knew he was pretty handy, so they put him on for the first eleven, as just to try him out. And he scores, and he scores hundred or something. And they're like, "Oh, Christ! This is this guy's a prodigy." They were happy for a guy to be good at cricket, but if you, if, you know, I fell in with people who are interested in acting and and hiding from sport, basically. Really? <laughs> yeah. What sort of legacy has it left on you as a person going to boarding school? In well, terms of, are you? quite self-sufficient almost. Well, yes, I think you, you end up emotionally self-sufficient. I mean, and I think with that, you either do or you don't, which could also mean a bit closed off. Uh, you can also not know how to fold a shirt because someone's done it for you, right? You, you know, we'd chuck our laundry in a basket every other day and it would reappear on the bed folded. And, you know, that's not, that's not a good preparation for life. But, you know, you, I, have, I think I have a part of my character, character is to avoid conflict and it's because of that. Because you avoid, you better better off keeping your head down, avoiding conflict. I always thought in a dormitory, for quite anything for a quiet life. But then the other real thing, which I think feeds into what I do, is I had a confused relationship with authority at school, because you'd want to be good, so you'd want to do what you were told, and then you'd realise that a lot of it was nonsense. Yeah. And so actually reconciling that, I think has fed into you know the what I do comedically as which is you know you set yourself up as a voice of authority and then well it's and, what oh. you do with your comedy which is interesting mm. because you have created your own voice of authority in yeah, a yeah. way yeah exactly exactly and 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 because because i don't think you should trust them necessarily right. or you should at least you should at least best go oh yeah when you hear someone being authoritative so in a way with the pub landlord who's your character which yeah. i'm sure everyone is aware of you're almost satirizing the idea that you, the person who knows everything and is yeah. ab- and has absolutes about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that I think is a product of because I remember we, we you know we, we had to go to chapel a lot. And um, are you religious at all? No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Although I went, you know, I I, I was confirmed and all that when what I was What about the 13. bishop in the family tree? Well, they, well, they see, see. <laughs> but then I look at that. I look at that family tree sometimes. Those people, you think, well, they're just sort of technocratic people. You know, you'd, you'd become a bishop if you wanted to run things and you know or whatever yes but no i'm not religious and we used to have this and i and, and, I, and I sort of can almost figure out when that when that when i went hang on a minute yeah and it was a one of the chaplains at school did a sermon about how you know darwin darwin was a bad man because he told us we were just apes and therefore not responsible for actions and einstein had reduced us to just <laughs> atoms we were we didn't have souls anymore because the atom bomb and uh, you know and you're, and you're like mate this is this is bullshit right <laughs> I, don't, I mean 
I wish you'd stood up for Well, you really that. wanted to, you go, and, and I remember sitting there, sitting in chapel, thinking, what on earth? You know, like, you can't draw any of these conclusions from any of this. What are you doing? And, yeah. it, and, and, and yet there he was, and we were supposed to take him seriously at the end, sort of think, think on what he was saying. And that's kind of... It, that, well, you're supposed to never question it. That was exactly, the other thing. exactly, yeah. exactly. You're just supposed to. You're just supposed to go. Oh, right, yeah, cool. I hadn't thought of it like that before. Whereas, um, although your daughters, who are now, I guess, university age, yeah. aren't they? And I imagine they are of a different generation now, aren't they? Because they probably would question that. I think they. Well, I think they probably would. And, yeah. and I mean, my oldest is at uni now, and and the sort of um, you know the intellectual universe nineteen-year-olds inhabit is. Yeah. It's like it's another planet compared to thirty years ago when I, you know, when I'd done my A levels and gone to school. It's like, a, I mean, it's fantastic actually the difference yeah. and looking at the difference and watching her get to grips with it. Well, they're less passive, aren't they? I think yeah, they're I more think so, involved. Yeah. And yeah. I want to talk about how you got into comedy, Al, yeah. because you left school, which it sounds like, you know, in some ways it's probably made you the person you are, but on the other hand, it's, you know, it's it's, it's sort of. I admire you for getting through that because I would have found that tough. Yeah. And I think I would have been... I mean, I think your parents sound lovely people, actually. I mean, yeah. but I think that would have been... I think I would have had a conversation saying, why did you send me to boarding well, we, school? Well, the thing is, it's sort of never been... It's never... We've never got around to it because the, the last two years were really good fun because by the time you get to 16, 17, basically, we, the pecking order had finally shaken itself down. There was no yeah. more of that to do. Um... I had some good friends and we were all doing a lot of music and, and drama and all that and I was finding the, a lot of the work kind of, you know, the study kind of interesting and rewarding. So. And you got in with the arts and crafts. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> we had this amazing drama teacher who said, oh, what you need to do is try writing stuff. So got a, got a bunch of us into writing and, I mean, none of it was any good, but it was the, the, the sort of uh, getting us to think about that. Do you remember, Al, which I often ask people who do mm. this, podcast that first sense of being funny making people laugh like at home when you were growing up were you the funny one was it like oh wow we'll no, do the speech really, not, no not really it was sort of an intermittent thing like I'm um, either either wanting to really wanted to show off or just not not having the confidence to but I knew I, I, I always knew I wanted to perform I was something I always thought this is interesting this is something I want to try and do we'll go that way yeah because we'll do a sort of loop so you went to Oxford yeah well, and on my first day, I took my... Um, you did history there? Yeah, I did history Modern there. History, on my first yeah. day, I took my drum kit down to the <gasps> college music room. So music had been a thing for yeah, you yeah, as well, Yeah, yeah, big time, it? yeah. And, and in the college music room, where I was, was Stuart Lee and Richard Herring, and I said, oh, what are you guys doing in here? And they're like, oh, well, we've got the room booked because we're, like, putting a comedy show, show together. And uh, I said, all right, do you don't mind if I... Dump, no, of course, dump your drums. And I said, well, what, do you, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean a comedy show? And they told me. And that's like how I found out about the... I mean, I found out about the scene. Yeah. But that's how I find out right from there. They'd just been in Edinburgh and they were... Well, they'd been in Edinburgh that summer and they were putting their show on again, you know, as a review in Oxford. Someone had set up a club where you had to write new material every other week and I just sort of thought, well, I'll go along, I'll see what that's like and get involved. And it, and it happened sort of straight away. And I bullied some mates into being in a sketch group with me and we all wrote stuff together and did some shows you know one or two of them who should never have been never allowed themselves to be bossed about by me and <laughs> told they had to do sketches but it was really good fun it was um and you realized you loved that i absolutely you... loved it and i liked it more than acting because because you're making it up you, it, it, the yeah. whole thing the whole thing is between you and the audience it's, there's no um there's no play in between you and the audience there's no director in between you and the audience it's the, the simple directness of it and everything I'd done up to that point, you know, academically, it's all filtered, whereas this, this is a way of finding out about you directly. Like broadcasting is the same thing, you know, yeah. it's you and the audience together rather than any, anything in between you. And, and I, I, I don't know why, that just really appealed to me. You left university and you then, you know, you won the Perrier... I think it was 99? 99, yeah, 99. So, yeah, yeah, 20 and years ago now. was that God. with the pub landlord that was yeah, with that Yeah, it was a pub creation. landlord show, yeah, So yeah. when did you, that was, were you working with Harry Hill at Edinburgh yeah. when you came up with the idea yeah, of the pub so landlord? So basically, Harry and I met on a, on Weekending, which is the BBC topical mm. show on Radio that 4. That was the show that pe every graduate, when I was sort of, people would yeah. say, I want to get a job writing for Weekending. Yeah. That was your route into yeah. comedy. Yeah, and, and they had an open house, and you'd go in and you'd say, how about John Major and whoever, and you know, you'd just pitch stuff to them. Yeah. And then if you got enough on in their commission, you'd have to write so many minutes a week. And I met Harry doing that. 
Oh, sorry. That's a swan. I can happily tell you that that's I'm a swan. I'm really terrified of them. Yeah, they are scary. Are you? That is behind a fence. Well, I just always, you know, you get a sort of trigger word. Like, yeah. whenever I see swan, I think of your arm being broken. Yes, that's the thing, is that isn't it? Supposedly, it can break your arm, isn't it? He could just fly over, though, Alan. He could fly us. over. I'm sure that Ray would defend us. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, bit, bit so back to you and Harry Yeah, Hill, so, we, so we then did a show in, at the Fringe called Pub International. Right. With the pub band, the band are called the Pub Band at the end, and then some other bits and pieces. And I, I was supposed to come up with a comparing thing to link the show together. Yeah. And the thing I came up with didn't work. Right. So the day we started, I said, well, why don't... And we were in, a, we were in the cabaret bar at the Pleasance in Edinburgh. I said, well, why don't I say I'm the... Say that the... I come on and I'll say that the... Compare hasn't shown up, so the barman's. I'm the barman. I've offered to fill in, so that's what I did, and it worked. And then we had a, then we had a tour, and so by the end of the tour, I had you know, yeah, an hour, hour's worth of material. And, and then, then it evolved, and I did four Edinburghs after that, kind of in a row, and really threw myself into it. Come on, Ray. Come on, Ray. You seeing? Is that a samoyed? Oh, she's yeah. inu. Yeah, they're lovely. Brilliant hair. It's a proper footballer. Yeah, that's proper footballer's Seventies wet look perm. With the pub landlord character, yeah. which is obviously, you know, you started with you winning the Perrier and then it's gone on to be so hugely yeah. successful. And it's one of those characters that, like Steve Coogan with Alan yeah. Partridge or Ricky Gervais with yeah. David Brent, as a performer, is there something almost quite nice about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. You have mean, that boundary between who you yeah, are. Yeah, your boundary between who you are and the, and the characters. So, so the, the, thing, the thing I really like about it is it means that um, very often I am a surprise to people. That, and also, it also puts me under less pressure, me under less pressure, to be funny as, as myself, <laughs> because um, me isn't the funny bit. The, the character is. So, um, but the thing I really love most about it is it means people don't, unless they've been paying attention, they don't really know what I'm like. And uh, they don't know me. And I think in, a, in the, you know, in our... The way people live now, if you're, if you're famous, people want to know, or people want to know everything about you, and they, and they think they know everything about you, and actually having a gap, a gap is really, really useful. Yeah. Um, and, and, and physically as well, because people, yeah. a lot of people think you're bald, and actually, yeah, yeah, and can I'm I not, just say, no, Elmore has a very healthy head of hair. full head of hair, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, which is... Which is um, and you have to start, because you're going on tour actually very soon, aren't yeah. you, with the... The new tour is yeah. called Al. Landlord you... of Hope and Glory. Excellent yeah. title. Thank you. When do you start the shave then? Well, that, that will happen. We've got some previews in, um, in the first week of March and I'll cut my hair off for those. The, because yeah. I have done the character with hair and a beard and it just um, is sort of like, it's like Samson, you know, <laughs> reverse Samson. I'm weaker with hair. Uh, <laughs> And you know, people are people are people are paid to see him, not me. Yeah. So you, you have to give them. I have to give them him. People love it, and it's like mm. as soon as you walk on stage, you can feel people think brilliant, yeah. you know. And there's a, a sort of an excitement and with the familiarity, yeah. and also I think especially at the moment, obviously with the political landscape. Oh God, the brazen topicality. Yeah. <laughs> it, in fact, I mean, the weird thing is, is writing this new show at the moment. That, that is a bit of a problem because. Um, your, you know, we don't have a button is working. Well, over yeah, time. yeah, and and they, the, 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 we're in this uh, right this minute. You know, mid February, we're in this weird situation where basically the same thing keeps happening again and again and again, and it's not being resolved. Yeah. Yet looming is possible calamity, and I sort of what I sort of need. I mean, I'm going. Luckily, I'm going out on tour after March the 29th, by which time we might actually have a. Not an end to the story, but at least a sort this of... This is Brexit, uh, obviously, we're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like a waypoint. I should go out this way. Like a waypoint in the story we can talk about, like what will actually happen. I have a theory about you, Al Murray, which oh, is that... Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, no, with regards to the pub landlord, I think it's really interesting, because I remember studying the importance of being earnest when I was... Yeah. This is relevant, I promise. Yeah, Bear yeah. with me when I was doing A-levels, and the English tutor said to me, there are two ways of looking at this play. Mm. You can either see it as hilarious high farce, yep. and that Oscar Wilde didn't intend for it to be anything other than that, an yeah, entertaining yeah, yeah. comedy of yeah. manners, or you can say this is a uh, biting satire yeah. on the, the sort of cultural norms of the time. Yeah, yeah. And in a strange come on, way, Ray. come on, Ray Ray, I think in the way that you can view it 
in those two ways. He was sort of smuggling in satire, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think with the pub landlord, there are two ways of viewing that character. Yeah. That, you know, you can either say, oh, this is funny and he's just a character that you can laugh yeah. at, or you can look at that and say, well, actually, Al, the person who creates it, yeah. it's quite a sort of harsh satire in some well, ways. I mean, I will, I'm, I'm completely um, guilty of trying to have it both ways. I, completely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other way I've always looked at it is if it's funny, it goes in, rather into the, into the set, rather than, always. Oh, is this necessarily consistent? Because when you write character stuff, people talk about characters being consistent but I know lots of people who are wildly inconsistent yeah. and that, that's part of their character where is he Ray <laughs> Ray there you are come on and also it is meant to be a piece of entertainment so if you have a, if you if you have him contradicting itself himself and it's funny then that's got to go in it's sort of, I've always had this attitude everything goes in the pot so there's got to be some satire in there but there's also got to be being uh, bluntly rude ignorant yeah sometimes actually sort of weirdly reflective and all that sort of thing. But just because you, you, you want... I always think you need lots going on all at once if you're doing a character, because yeah. otherwise it can end up one note. I think that, obviously, there are people that go and see your show, mm. some of whom agree with him, some yeah. of whom don't. Yeah. I suppose you could argue in a strange way, it's almost like The Simpsons, where yeah. there's a number of people of different age groups and different... Yeah, yeah. ...watching that and getting different things yeah. from it. Yeah, And I suppose it's the same... With the pub landlord, but do you sometimes have people like journalists and things like that saying, "Oh well, Brexit"? Oh, I've had people tell me it's that... my fault. <laughs> you know, part of the normalisation of some of the arguments. You know, and and. What do uh, you respond to that? Well, I think it's funny. I always think if if when people say things like that or they say that they agree with the pub landlord, it's just another. It's like another layer to the joke. It's like another another payoff to the to the gag that. If people watch that and they think it's real, I think that's really funny. Yeah. There's something else to from something else, if only for me to enjoy about it. You know, the sort of ridiculousness of that. Oh, Ray. No, sorry. Ray's gone into the um, Chiswick House <laughs> Conservatory. The, yeah. I like as well as because you've got your flat cap and your yeah. barber on. You do look very um, Lord Crawley, Downton Abbey. It is a little gentrified, isn't it? Except yeah. we should have had um, a Murray a Labrador, not the tiny <laughs> yeah, urban really, shih tzu. Really. But yeah, so I was going to say with the pub landlord that I think when you ended up as the 2015 election, mm. you stood for the seat of South, South, South Thanet. Yeah. And there's a brilliant thing. If anyone hasn't seen it, you should check out this clip on YouTube because it's Al standing next to Nigel Farage. Oh, yes. And you see his response as he's beaten by the Conservative MP. I can't, yeah, I forget Craig his name. Craig McKinley, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was interesting. When you got 318 <laughs> votes. Yes. I think they were voting none of the above. Um, right. Uh, uh, the reason I did that was um, I'd, the sh year before I'd written a show, a public show all about politics, because it was obviously becoming, it was getting a hot, hotter topic with, a, with, with, the, with the coalition government amongst comics. And I wanted to write about it. And I also think, again, you, you, again, it's like a know-all thing. He, the pub landlord knows everything. He's the authority on everything. So make him the authority of, on politics and you're going to get something really inane and funny out of it. And then, and then Russell Brand, God bless him, said, don't vote. And I thought, I don't have anything like his... Uh, the, I don't get anything like the attention he does. I don't have anything like his pulpit. But I think that's a really daft thing to have said. So I need to do something that will get people to vote or think about voting. Why do you think that's a daft thing to have said? Because, oh, I'm going to get terribly serious now, I think um, in our politics lately, the voters have been treated like sort of petulant consumers and you have to give them what you want. Then it's, they're not regarded as civic partners, in, it, literally in a sharing of power between the political elite and the electorate. So if you don't vote, you're not part of that civic partnership. And yes. you're not, you know, you couldn't reduce it to, you, you've got no right to complain about the outcome if you weren't part of it. Well, then you're sort of... I just don't of, really think it's right, but... Yeah, you then you're to, sort of handing over that power to the yeah, elite, to the, Well, you? the people yeah. who can be bothered to vote. Yeah, You yeah. know, and if the people you don't like manage to get more, more people out to vote than you do, more for you, you know. And Russell made it clear who he liked and didn't like, but then didn't offer any... But said there's no point anyway. But you're and absolutely I didn't, right. I didn't like that. 
You can sort of say, well, actually, there's no point voting because everything is controlled by a cabal of yeah, elite. Yeah, yeah. But then by not voting, you're allowing that to continue, yeah. but you're reinforcing that. I yeah, see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even believe, I don't believe, I don't believe that cabals do control things anyway. And politics does work. You know, equal marriage, you look at that happening, that's politics yeah, working. That's true. And delivering something that 20 years ago was, was completely unthinkable. So, um, Brexit? People have spoken. Well, exactly, exactly, <laughs> same thing, you know. And, and that Do you proves, personally believe the people have spoken? Um, I think... And it should I think be it's, I think it's profoundly problematic doing <laughs> referendums for the basically the same reasons that not voting is profoundly problematic. You're, you're, we've, got a we've got a representative democracy. If you, if you short-circuit that, as you can see, you probably damage it. The idea that an MP's there to represent the best interests of his constituents rather than his constituents. You see, when I hear different. you talk like this, I think, oh, why don't you genuinely run as oh, Al Murray? Oh, Christ. As, would you ever do that, Well, Al? no, because no, I, I... No, I wouldn't, because... because and it But you know goes, about politics and history. Yeah, you're very but, articulate no, but go, yeah. and you're funny. Yeah, but it goes back to what, we, what I said earlier, that, you know, I don't really trust people in authority, and then I'd be one. <laughs> My main takeaway from doing the... running for Parliament was how... Um, how shit it is being a politician. Why? Because because there's a whole perception they're all out for it for themselves, but they don't have to do it. Yeah. No one has to do it, and the expectation is that you're going to fail, say something stupid, embarrass yourself, have your nose in the trough and all that. And that's the, like, ground zero. That's most people's starting point with politicians, that they don't trust them, they hate them. Yeah. So I don't know why anyone would want to put themselves through that. So <laughs> um, Some I, people I'm, would say that about stand-up, though, Al. I mean, I look at you, even though you have the protection of the pub landlord yeah. character, you know, when I saw you, for example, backstage about to go on... Yeah. Uh, and you don't, you're not a sort of nervy person, no. pre But I sort of look at you and I'm kind of in awe, people like you and Frank Skinner, and I think yeah. to step out on a stage, let's say at the Palladium, yeah. and you don't feel nervous and you're essentially saying to people... It's a kind of, it feels like a gladiatorial sort yeah, of arena Yeah, it is, but, it, but the difference is um, being a comic, especially once, you've, once people know who you are, unless they actually, if they know who you are and they don't like you, they're not going to come and see you. Um, if they know who you are, they're like, you're there to play together, and it, that's quite unlike being, I think it's totally unlike politics. We did this big press launch, and the journalists... Was this for the tour recently? No, no, this was press launch during the election. Oh, during the election, yeah. And the hacks there, they weren't there to play... Right. And we were there to play. We, we had this silly manifesto with <laughs> stupid things in it. And they weren't there to play. They were to go, they were going, you're not really a pub landlord. They're like, boys, right? I know I'm not. You know I'm not. Right? That's not what we're here to do. I'm here to tell you that I want to put yeah. 20p in a pound to make the pound worth one pound 20p. Like, yeah. like come on. And, and, and that was what was different to, to, to yeah. going on stage a normal gig where everyone's there to play. We're there to play together unless you get, you know... Well, it's like the odd person that improv rule where everyone agrees. Yeah. You know, one shuts it down. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. Well, that's what that's basically what uh, uh, what you and an audience do. You're doing that yeah. together. You they're 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 there because they want to laugh at what you've got to say. They're they're there in agreement, which is not what politics is like at all. Come on, Ray. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? That depends, really. I think I can be. I can sometimes be very. Um, very introverted and sort of find myself thinking, well, I'd, I've not really got anything to say in this situation, but other times I can be, can be extroverted. It, 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 I never think, because uh, people talk about that a lot, don't they? There's mm. types, and I don't know that, I don't know that such a um, black and white yeah. choice is particularly um, accurate about people. You know, with my people I trust, I can be extroverted, but... Are you, you were being, saying... Being a performer doesn't necessarily mean you're an extrovert. Well, that was why I asked you, because Alan Cochran, who I do the radio show yeah. with, is quite interesting on this, because he says he's only sort of just discovered that he's actually an introvert. Right. And his whole life he made the assumption that he must be an extrovert because he was a stand-up. <laughs> yeah. And I think, actually, what stand-up comedy gives introverts is a sort of safe space. Oh, yeah, controlled environment. To, yeah, 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 completely, yeah. Do you think and, that's and, right? No, no, certainly. And, and that, I think, was the thing that appealed to me about performing when, when I was a teenager. Because when, when you're a little kid, you think, oh, you, you want to be in the school play. You don't know why and you don't know what it is. But I remember when I was a teenager being very self-conscious and realising that performance is a way of having control of a situation and not needing to be self-conscious anymore. Or if you are self-conscious... It's sort of like dealt with. We used to have this big school assembly 
you'd take turns in walking down to the front and handing in the register. Yeah. And there were like 600 people. And I remember that, you know, the long walk down some steps and you go up and you hand it in. And I remember having to do that once and thinking the whole school's looking at me and it is hideous and, and I was going to trip coming up and down the steps and all that sort of thing. And so I think, and, but if you, if, you know how to perform, if you know how to perform dropping the slip off or you know about performing, that's a controlled situation and you're not worried about everyone looking at you. Yeah. And stand up really can be like that and safe space is really exactly what it can be. Mm. And that, that, that phrase I think is really interesting because also, that also applies to what happens between a comedian and audience and why people get their knickers in a twist about offensive material. Yeah. It's when people go to see someone who's rude, yeah. that's the deal. Yeah. That's the safe space, as it were. You've gone there to play together, being rude together, yeah. in the way that people go to see Frankie Boyle to be political, or they go to see Frank to be sort of a bit naughty, <laughs> or they go to see me to be rude. That's why comedy clubs were clubs, because you were a member and it implies membership. Right. And you're in on the joke and you're in on the deal between the comedian and the, and the audience. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Some school party. Oh, what's this? Oh, there's a school party. A school That's very party. sweet. That's well, passing kids, so I want to ask about yours. Yeah. You've got two daughters. I've got well, three. I've three. Well, I was going to say you've got yeah, a new yeah, one I've now. Got a new one. Yeah. I still have to say no. I've got three. <laughs> two teens, although one's a you know she's at uni now. She's a grown up, and then a one year old. And what's that been like having <laughs> a little kid later? And oh, I was going to say later in life. I mean, you're hardly sort of Charlie Crazy. Chaplin, you know, like oh, no, I'm not getting Cha a hernia no, no, when no. you bend down to pick it no, up. No, I'm not Charlie Chaplin, but um, but but it's not. I presume it's not. You know, it's well, I knew it's. There's never, a gap between them. I guess it's something I didn't think I'd do. It's something I didn't think would happen, but it's been really brilliant. Oh. Although there's that thing you think, oh God, when she's going to university, I'll be nearly, I'll nearly be seventy. But you have to like. Oh well, 70, 70's, the, 70's the new 60's, and you have to do one of those sort of lies to yourself. Well, you know what Frank Skinner says, which is a slightly yeah. bleaker look at it? Yeah. He says, I decided to miss out the difficult teenage years. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. I mean, have you sort of changed as a person? Do you think you do, you know, you mellow, or do you think you I think you're... I'm a lot more chilled about being a parent, yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Just because of the experience? Yeah, 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 yeah. Would you describe yourself as good-natured, Al? I think I, I think I try to be. I mean, I. What do you lose your temper about? Oh, I'm. I get. I. I sort of. Um, like I said earlier, I tend to often avoid conflict. So what will sometimes yeah. happen is I'll store something up for a good eighteen months and then, <laughs> and then go off about it. <laughs> Usually after it's long forgotten by all other parties. <laughs> um, but do you? Are you someone like? Are you one of those people? So like with your partner or yeah. with your daughters or with your friends yeah are you someone who's like right i think we need to talk honestly about this i feel when no, you no, do no, this no 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 i always do that eventually <laughs> i never do it when i when i really ought to i'm bad at telling people bad news i was thinking are a you? Way, yeah there's a way of not quite saying i can't do that thing i'm annoyed that i can't do the thing that they want to do but i can't do it right yes yeah i'm really bad at that those are proper, proper weakness of mine yeah Will you describe yourself as, um, one of my favourite phrases, emotionally literate? Oh, no, not really. No. <laughs> no. I probably don't even know what that means. <laughs> so you don't like discussing feelings? I'm not really. I'm not mad about it, no. I have Do you to cry, Al? I, I can. I'm capable of... Capable of being lachrymose, yes. Come on, Ray. Come on, little man. Come on. That's it. That's one of my favourite responses to the question, <laughs> do you cry, is I'm capable of being lachrymose. Oh, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it does happen, <laughs> um, but not very often. You answered that like <laughs> a sort of anaesthetist or something. Well, or like, like a sort of android character in, you know... You're like in thing. Star Wars. Yes, exactly. You're like one of those who goes, what is this water the, from uh, your uh, eyes? Absolutely, absolutely. But what did you cry, what do you, what did you cry at? Oh, I don't know. I, I, cried, I, I cried when the baby was born. There you go. That'll, that'll, Will that do you? <laughs> and also, another outlet for you, mm. I think, is your drumming, which, yes. I'm, which is something a lot of people know about you, but you've yeah. got a band, haven't you? Yes, I'm in, a, well, I'm in a couple of bands, but there's a band that's sort of mega active at the moment, which is called Fat Cops, in fitting with how my life pans out. All the rest of the band live in Scotland. <laughs> um, and so I have to fly to Glasgow for rehearsals. Yeah. But we've an album out in March, <gasps> on March 1st. And it's, you know, it's what sort of music is it, Al? Well, the record, 
the, the album is kind of, every track's sort of a different style. It's a bit like going through someone's record collection. So the, the single is a sort of, a bit like a Happy Mondays thing, but there are things that are straight up rock and roll. There are things that are sort of a bit grungy. There are things that are kind of power pop. Um, it's a mixture. Do you love doing it then? I absolutely love it. And it is really good fun. And we made the record March last year. And I got caught in the beast from the east. In, so I couldn't leave Glasgow while we were recording the record. And two days in a row, I like left the studio go, right, I'm off. I'm back to London now, boys. And I'd reappear two hours later go, I can't, the fucking city's shut. I can't get out. <laughs> so that's coming out and you're going on yeah. tour. So um, they're, they're basically, they're, everything's all happening at once because yeah. there isn't, there, there, there wasn't, there's just not enough time in the year to do everything and do it all, you know, because the band, the band, we've, we've self-funded the release and everything. So yeah. we're not being paid to do it. So it's kind of seeing where that goes and Fashion how much project, airplay we get. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, how, and is there music being released via sort of Spotify or iTunes? Oh, or, yeah, Spotify, you iTunes, yeah. you can buy it on Amazon. There's a, you know, we've pressed well, vinyl. Well, I'm going to, Al. I'm going to be listening to this. We've pressed some vinyl and we've made some CDs, you know. Because I've heard your drumming and it's brilliant. Oh, thank you. You know, it's funny, people say there are two kinds of performers. It was actually Frank yeah. Skinner, our sort of mutual colleague and yeah. friend, who said this to me, that you get performers who are, they treat their career in different ways. There are some performers who literally, they think, right, I'm just going to wait for my agent to call and offer me yeah. a panel show. Yeah. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Do you want yeah. to do this campaign, this corporate? Yeah. So then you get another type of performer who's thinking, I'm going to write a play. I'm going to be in a band. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to... And I think probably you're in that camp. Well, aren't I'm you? in I'm in that camp now. I was the other way round for oh. quite a while, and it's it's more to be honest with with I didn't go on the road last year at all because because of the oh gorgeous. Oh, could you explain another, what's in front of us? Tiny fluffy. Is that a Pekingese? Well, we should say Ray's just met. I mean, this is a match made in heaven. Not typical. A Pekingese, and mine is a Shih Tzu actually. Yes, oh yes. <laughs> Come on, look at the boxer. Oh yeah, very handsome. Yeah. Hello. Oh, he's look, he likes the look of Ray. Is he all right with that boxer? Yeah, he he seemed all right, be, didn't yeah. he? It was a bit like you with Luis Suarez coming up to you. <laughs> you dealt with it well. So, yeah, I get the sense that you're someone who likes to make opportunities. Yeah, happen. well, and the other thing I've done with the drumming in the last three years is um, I've set up this company making drum kits in uh, yes. in Stockport. Yeah, the British Drum Company. Um, and oh, as, I, as I call it, every parent's nightmare. Well, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely, I could, if that's how you want to characterise it, you're 100% right. I but we, 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 there were three of us three years ago. Now there's 23 people working there and it's, um, oh, wow. it's, it's really amazing. Oh, someone, what was that, Al? Someone throwing a ball. Oh, yeah. So that occupies, that occupies yeah. a lot of my time. So I'm sort of, um, you know, you can't go on the road forever. I've known you for quite a while now. Yeah. And we just run into each other a lot of things. And yeah. you always seem quite happy, Al. Like you're <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're never, I've never walked in and... You know some people, you think there's something complicated and dark yeah. going on. And I know you've gone through some, you know, yeah, like all of us times. had yeah, yeah. lights and shade in our life. Yeah. I've never got a sense of a cloud over you. Or Is that because you're... Do oh, you, just, do, are you, know, you the sort of person that just want, is, always wants to make everyone feel comfortable and have a laugh and create a nice atmosphere? No, I think, um, I think it's uh, public school, batten down the emotional hatches. <laughs> never, never, give anything any, never give anyone anything they might be able to use. It's all the, it's all the standard um, survival techniques that were burnished <laughs> at Bedford School all those years ago. I, I don't know. I try to be positive about stuff but um one of the interesting things about show business is you do meet a lot of people who who can be consumed by the fact that an awful lot of it's about rejection stuff not coming off things don't work out that show you really loved making is not the one that they want more of and the one you really don't like is the one that goes on forever <laughs> you know that that's what it's like and i think you know i've been doing it long enough to know that that's really is what it's like and there ain't nothing i can do about that and also that everyone harry hill used to say this he says everything in the end gets cancelled apart from the news in eastenders <laughs> said, every show ever gets cancelled doesn't matter who you are at some point they'll cancel you um and that's that's true and so the the further down the pecking order are you, the more you have to just say to yourself, yeah. well, it didn't work out, it's not going to work out. I'm going to just have to find a way of going forward. And a lot of the, a way to do that is to be positive rather than... Yeah, you 
I probably, but I also Try think I've got. A, we're getting to the cafe, but yeah. I want to say to you, I think, I also think you grew up in a house full of women. Oh yeah. You had two sisters and, and your yeah. mum, obviously. And I think you've now. And I now live in a house. Live in a house full of women. Of women. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I would say this because I'm yeah. female, but I think. In the same way that I think it's positive for women yeah. to hang out with men, yeah. I think it's really positive and had an effect on you. Well, I never sharpened my elbows on a brother. It was all done at it was all done yeah. at, at school with at school with strangers, <laughs> <laughs> so people in the end didn't have to care about. <laughs> Can I leave you with something yeah, which sure. I really enjoyed, which was you know I know there's mottos from schools, and I looked up mm. in a stalkerish way the motto from your school, mm. and they have a Latin motto like. I mean, yeah. not every school, but yeah, they kind of love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. My school vintage. had a, a motto, which was Connabore, which I think is Latin for I try. Yeah. What I liked about Bedford School is their motto is Bedford School will flourish, yeah. which seems very self-interested. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Floriat Scholar Bedfordiensis. Yeah. Funnily enough, the college I went to at Oxford, their motto is Floriat Aula, may the hall flourish. So there you go. Like everywhere I've come, <laughs> come from is steeped in grim self-interest. Maybe that's my motto, you know, Floriat L. Murray. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to that and do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>